up, 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 boom! Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere? Welcome to the Pig Trail Podcast, typically known as the Thirsty Thursdays. We're recording this on Wednesday morning on the 4th, and it will be released hopefully before lunchtime. So you guys will have something to listen to on your lunch break or on your way home or on your way to pick up the kiddos. You'll have something to listen to before the basketball game, before they take on the LSU Tigers at home at Bud Walton, the last home game of the year. Obviously a must-win game, so we'll touch up on that a little bit. we got some football recruiting, some recruiting news. I'm excited. I always I love some recruiting updates. Recruiting's my jam. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Football in general, it really is. And, of course, we'll talk some baseball. Before we... Before we do any of that, please give me some star power over on iTunes. You'll give me some some ratings, some reviews on on Apple if you're listening to this thing on on iTunes. I, and I, I appreciate it. Thank you. You rock. You guys are the real rock stars. All right. We'll start off with baseball. Um, so Arkansas baseball, yeah, got off to a great start, right? 7-0. and People were saying this might be the best team in the country. D1 baseball was in love with Arkansas. Everyone who, who you know, these college baseball writers were like, okay, wow. And now those guys that were a little skeptical, those writers that were a little skeptical, like I'd, I'd put them in the top 15. They're starting to look pretty smart. Arkansas starts the year off 7-0, and right? We all know that. They, they sweep Eastern Illinois in a three-game series back on February 14th, 15th, and 16th. And then they got a four-game series against Gonzaga, and they won that. I didn't think they would do that. I thought they would three one them or maybe two two them because Dave Van Horn likes to, you know, he likes to just experiment with his bullpen and his his batting order and move moves guys around infield and outfield and trying to figure this team out. And I really thought he would drop at least one in those first two series, and he didn't. He's seven and zero, and the hype just explodes for Razorback baseball. It's even higher than it was because you weren't supposed to, Well, it's not that you weren't supposed to sweep Gonzaga. Of course, you're Arkansas. Like Razorback baseball has been back-to-back college World Series. Like You are definitely expected to be 7-0. and But then it, it, something just happens when you get off to those kind of starts like that, right, with the, with the baseball fans and the writers and the rest of the media. Oh, we're on to something special here. And then they go down to the uh, to this tournament down in Houston at Minute Maid Park and they lose all three. Oklahoma, they drop that one 6-3. to three. They lose it to Texas. They come back late, but still too short. Uh, you know, nice try, but Texas, you lose to Texas 8-7 to seven, and then you drop a close one to Baylor 3-2. to two. And then it's like, okay, wait a minute. You just, you just played three. Maybe they're just really, really good teams. We know Oklahoma is supposed to be good this year. Texas is trying to have a, a comeback year, and I don't know much about Baylor, but I think they're typically an okay baseball program. You just happen to lose to three good Power 5 schools out of the Big 12. You just got swept. You're one of the top two teams, top three teams in the SEC, and you just got swept at this thing. All of a sudden, no one's taking you as serious. Then you drop this thing to Illinois State last night. It's not shocking. This was uh, This happened last year. Almost dropped my microphone there. This happened last year. If you guys remember, they lost four straight last season. And I love, 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 love what Ryan Folk said on Twitter yesterday. Um, he says, Ryan Folks says, uh, and if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. He's a uh, 
<laughs> he knows his way around Bomb Stadium. Let's just say that. He knows the Razorbacks. He knows college baseball. He knows, especially knows Razorback baseball. Today marks the Razorbacks' first four-game losing streak since dot, 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 checks notes last season where they went on to host a Super Regional advance to Omaha. And then he responds to his own tweet, and he says, if you want to be mad, be mad. Nobody is forcing you to be a fan. If you want to jump ship in March, fine. But don't expect me to throw the ladder in June. Now, folks, is 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 he is Ryan a little bit of a homer? Sure. I think you can make that argument. <laughs> and that's okay. But he's making that from an educated background. Okay, this isn't just some guy off the street. I mean, he knows what he's talking about here. Let's look back at this game against Illinois State really quick. Uh, Kerstad had five at-bats. He ended up with a 435 average. Uh, but it was Casey Martin who, you know, he had at he had four, uh, five at-bats. He was four or five. Three RBIs. Not too shabby, right? Like, not too bad at all. They did give up 11 hits to Illinois State. Arkansas had 15 hits in this thing. Um, the loss is going to go to, to Monk. Monk, who pitched uh, like 1.1 innings. He gave up a hit, uh, two runs. Uh, he had one strikeout. Kevin Copps had five strikeouts. Uh, Zebulon Vermillion came in and, and uh, with some relief pitching, and he gave up just one hit. Uh, honestly, I thought Vermillion, from what little I heard, and I didn't get to I didn't get to hear this whole game. I thought Vermillion did okay. I certainly wasn't gonna get upset at Vermillion. Look, you you lose another game, you shouldn't have lost. I don't think they should have been swept down at Minute Maid Park, and they shouldn't have lost this game. And they damn sure they damn sure shouldn't drop this series against South Alabama. If you want to start to regain some Razorback trust, these next five games are so meaningless, but you can't lose one. And this is kind of how fanship works on Twitter. I'm talking about like the Twitter. And I know a lot of people are like, who gives a damn about those people? They're, they're reactionarist. How do you say that word? They're, react, they're reactionist. That's the word. You may not give a damn, and that's fine. I get that. But this is also where everybody's at. It's where players are, coaches. And you can make an argument that they have an impact on the entire fan base. Because everyone seems to think that your fan base is batshit crazy based on how you how you act on social media. So if you want to get them, if you want to kind of corral these fans, get them to simmer down. Unfortunately, these next five games don't mean a damn thing. But you need to win them all, and you're going to have to go on the road against Mississippi State and try to find a way to win that series. I don't. I get it. I don't really give it's 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 real easy to write off the the extremists on Twitter. It's real easy because people can say the most absurd things, delete that account which we've seen on behalf of the Hog Talk. We've seen people take shots at us, delete their account or go on their what do they call them burner or ghost accounts. I mean, I've listened to to people and I'm talking ESPN, national media people judge an entire fan base based on how people act on social media. So if you want to calm these morons down, you're going to have to find a way to win your next 3 series. And then you could start to restore some trust. Sweep South Alabama and Grand Canyon and find a way to just win that series. You don't have to win all 3, just find a way to win that series against Mississippi State on the road. Then you got Oklahoma on March 17th, then you got a 3-game series against Alabama. And I, I'm I'm with you. I don't think I really don't care what most people say on Twitter. I don't. 
Um, the only people that I really, when I look at what they tweet, and it's it, like that I take to a certain level of seriousness, like national media people. And even some of them aren't super reasonable on Twitter. They get on Twitter, something pops up into their mind, and I do it. I, I bullshit on Twitter. I do. Don't take me very serious, but I'm usually... You're not going to see me roast the Razorbacks on Twitter. You're not going to see me have some sort of stupid-ass emotional reaction most of the time. I, I Not to say that I haven't fallen victim to it before and that I won't in the future. <laughs> you never know. With my big mouth, you just never know. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Illinois State, you drop that one 8-7. to seven. You uh, start this three-game series against South Alabama again March 6th, Friday. That'll be at 3 p.m. I so want to try and make a game this weekend. If there were a game, and, and I know it's just South Alabama, but I want to go because you know then you got Grand Canyon, which is middle of the week. I pro- definitely more than likely won't be able to make those, and then you're not back home after that until uh, until March 20th. So I definitely want to try and make one of these next five games, South Alabama or Grand Canyon, but definitely the most likely that I could make would be one of these three against uh, South Alabama. Okay, let's move on to basketball, and then the last little bit we'll talk about recruiting. And it's not like a lot of recruiting because it's that time of year, but Arkansas basketball also coming off an embarrassing, in my opinion, well, it's not embarrassing, but you lost double digits to a to a 5-11 and conference win-loss record Georgia Bulldog team. 5-11 and 11 in conference play. You're not much better. Arkansas 6-10. They're 15, or they were 14-14 and 14 coming into this game. And you lost this thing by double digits. It was, a, in my opinion, everything right now is must-win, especially now you're down to bottom two. That's easy to say. But even before the Georgia game, I felt like everything was must-win because of that losing streak you were riding. And, I, and we talked about this earlier in the year. I said you cannot find yourself with your backs against the wall, you know, with with the final five six games. You can't do it. We saw this happen under Mike Anderson time and time again, and and you just never really knew. And here you are with Arkansas. I don't I don't know how they're going to perform the rest of the year. Let's go over the numbers against this Georgia team. I know we talked about this Monday night on the live show over on the Pigtrail Network YouTube channel. For you new people, that's Pig Trail Network YouTube channel, not Nation, Pig Trail Network. But we talked about this Monday shows, Monday at, at, uh, typically on at 6 p.m., Mondays and Fridays, just FYI. Anyways, we talked about this. We went over the uh, box score. Let's, let's do it again really quick. I won't go over the individual numbers for Georgia, but I will for Arkansas. Georgia shot 38 of 67 from the floor. It puts them at 57% or just shy of it. 43% at three-point range, 10 of 23 there, and 13 of 20. I mean, I'm listen to that. The home team... Only shot, only had 20 shots at the free throw line. That's a damn good job by Arkansas of trying to play defense without getting into foul trouble, yet it didn't matter. They still gave up the worst defensive performance they've had all year, but these guys were 13 of 20 for 65% there. Their bench ended up with, uh, let's see, 14, 17, 19 points off the bench. That's not terrible production from your bench, by the way. That's not, that's not terrible. Uh, that came from three different people off their bench. Arkansas, so we'll go over their their individual stats after I go over there, just team stats. 46% from the floor. That's not bad. 46% is not bad, but it's hard to overcome 57% shooting from the floor like Georgia. But Arkansas, 46% from the floor, 37.5% at three-point range. You got beat there. They were 9 of 24, 
at three-point range. Again, Georgia was 10 of 23. And Arkansas, 22 of 28. That puts them just south of 79% shooting at the free throw line. Arkansas, thanks to Desi Seals and Harris, had 26 points off the bench. They only rotated uh, the eight. And I know Musselman wants to be at nine to ten, I think is what he said, as far as rotating. Uh, but uh, Cheney got two minutes off the off the bench. Harris with 28. Seals with 33. Seals had 21 points. Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones tied this thing up as far as point or their point production, 26 points. Surprise, surprise, Mason Jones with three turnovers. Isaiah Joe with none. But Mason Jones did have a steal and a block, five assists, three total rebounds. Isaiah Joe, uh, and both of them combined, only had three fouls, by the way. that's I mean, that's superb defense. I, I, just a round of applause. Finally, a game that you look at. Yeah, there were some bad calls. There were some what the hell was that or where the hell was the call moments, sure. But uh, two steals for Isaiah Joe. How about that? An assist and three rebounds for him. Witt. Had one of those games where not a lot of point production, uh, but he did. He got into foul trouble with four fouls, one turnover, but he had six assists with four rebounds. He had three offensive rebounds. Arkansas had seven offensive rebounds to uh, Georgia's thirteen. So you didn't really get dominated there. But and then you look at uh, overall, they had forty rebounds to your twenty-nine, twelve assists to your thirteen. And uh, they turned the ball over 10 times to Arkansas 6. Like, Arkansas, it was just a bad defensive game. It was their worst maybe all year, and that's what that what happened happened because of that. You know, they had, uh, you know, they had two blocks to your three, and obviously they had uh, – they didn't have anyone get into serious foul trouble other than Crump. Crump had 14 points off the bench, but he had four fouls. Other than that, they, they had so much depth, and we talk about this. Teams with this kind of depth – are going to be problematic when you can combine depth and size and at least have one shooter. And we know they've definitely got one. <laughs> five, all starting five members had double-digit points for Georgia. Okay, Edwards with 26, Hammonds with 22. I said I wasn't going to go over their individual stats. That's as far as I'll go. Uh, but, yeah, you know, that's what happens. When you can rotate, they ended up rotating, what, 10, 11 guys? Uh, it's not good. You're taking on LSU tonight. Again, that's why I'm doing this. I don't want to. I'm not staying up all night to do a post game show and to do a recording of another of a of a podcast. And yes, I know you can you can download your your own YouTube show. You can download it and uh, and just throw it into the throw it into some uh, converting software and upload. But I, I I like to do separate. I like to have this to just be separate than the live show. Um, I've said before, it's a lot more, you know, just, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's nice. Cause I don't have to read chat, right? LSU, Georgia, or excuse me, LSU, Arkansas, rather Arkansas, 18 and 11, six and 10 in conference play taken on the Tigers who are 20 and nine, 11 and five in conference. This is a must win for them as well. And I hate to do this. And I thought Arkansas would win this game. I, I, I don't like Arkansas in this game. I just don't. I think, you know, LSU also trying to make the tournament. They know they also are going to have to go into the SEC tournament and get some wins just like Arkansas. LSU beat Arkansas earlier in the year. And I've said before that was one of the worst officiated games. I don't like Arkansas's chances here. I just don't. I know they're healthy. But LSU, as it turns out, they are a better team. I think top to bottom, they've got more to work with. They've got more size. Uh, 
I just I just think that this is one of those games that you drop and that probably puts definitely puts an end to your tournament NCAA tournament bid. You have to win these next two. Maybe I'm wrong and and <laughs> maybe they they find a way to win tonight and win the next two, but you that's what you have to do. You got to win these next two. That puts you at 20 and 11, 8 and 10 in conference play if you do that. If you do that, and then you still got to find a way I think to win. I said Monday night I said if you win these last two and win one in the SEC tournament, you're in. But I'm going to go back to my you need to be at 22 wins because you're you're in the bubble, but I don't know if they're on the right side of the bubble or not. I know Joe Lenardi had said that he liked Arkansas because the selection committee is aware of Isaiah Joe, how good Arkansas is with and how bad they are without. And he's right. He is the glue. He is the most important cog to their to their to the Razorback basketball machine, and that will be something they factor in. But I think still, I mean, you're talking about it, even if you win out in conference play, that only puts you at eight and ten in conference. There's teams with far better conference records than you that are in the bubble. There are other teams in the country that are hurt, that are in the, that have injuries, that are in the bubble. There are other teams that are getting guys back, right, and they're starting to play better basketball. So I don't know that that's going to be enough to get them in, even if you win just 21. I think you got to be – my number right now is 22. The magic number for me is 22. And that's what I said that I thought they had to do earlier in the year, my pre-conference pick. I said you got to find a way to get to 22. I think they could, and that's what I thought would get you into the tournament. I'm going back to that. I should have just stuck with it. But I think that's what they got to do. They got to get to 22. You cannot just go win one in the SEC tournament and think you're in. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You can't read the minds of the selection committee. That's what's fun about this. I have no idea. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I know I'll, I'll be reminded of it. Um, LSU. What do they do that's so great? Well, they rebound and they score. They are the uh, they're 40th overall in the country. And I've said before, if you're top 100 in any category. It doesn't matter what category. If you're top 100 out of the how many teams, what are there, 400-something teams that are that are tournament, that, that can make the NCAA tournament, so they're ranking it based on that scale. That's that's top. So they're top 40 of that many. <laughs> they, they average 39 rebounds per game, and they also score. That's what they do best. Uh, they're one of the best scoring teams in the SEC. They average almost 80 points a game. That's 23rd in the country. I think that's top three in the SEC. I'd have to go back and check that. Uh, points allowed, though. They give up 73 points a game. This could be another shootout. I think it's going to be another one of those final three or four possession kind of games. Um, boy, they got some help coming in. Cam Thomas, highly regarded player. Cam Thomas, they've got that forward. Uh, Wilkinson committed. Jalen Cook. Boy, they've got some talent coming in next year. I wonder how they're getting this talent. Gee, I don't know. Maybe the FBI could tell us about that phone call. Oh, wait, we heard that too. God, they're shady. LSU, you cheating bunch of bums, and you know it. Um, <laughs> I'm not apologizing. Yeah, they're they're going to close the year out kind of similar to Arkansas. They had A&M, who they just beat, 64-50 at home. Uh, they did lose on the road before that to Florida, 81-66. to But uh, they've got – so they just beat A&M. And now they've got at Arkansas, and they're going to take on Georgia. So their final three stretch is similar to our uh, final three-game stretch. Our final three. Yeah, yeah, I was right. So um, 
Yeah, I, I don't like Arkansas in this one, and I don't even know if they're going to win at A&M, if I'm being completely honest. Maybe they split them. I think that's more likely. They split, and then, if, like I've said, the more losses you have at this point in the year now, the more you'll have to make up for in the SEC tournament, and I, I don't know, guys. NITs are nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing wrong with making the NITs when you were not expected to make the NITs. Any other year, yeah, I would say who really gives a damn. Who really cares? But this year, year one, it's it's important. It just is. And I think they're probably in. I think they have the NIT. I think it's, you win one, I think that's all but a done deal. If you win one more, it's all but a done deal at that point. Uh, so, yeah, their quad one record, what is it, two and five, Arkansas's? Is that right? Two and five, something like that. Two and six. It's not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great. And I just—that's another thing you have to—you have to explain to the selection committee, right? So, uh, LSU again, going to be a tough one. Like I said, they—they uh, they rebound really well and they score really damn good. Again, eighty points—that's good for top twenty-five in the country. Um, They're—they've had a weird year themselves, but they've had a really like. Yeah, they've had some really nice wins. They had a nice win streak going back uh, starting against Liberty. They went on eight. Let's count this thing. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten game winning streak. And before that, they lost a couple of confusing games. They lost to ETSU and, and USC. But then before that, they're on a, on a four game winning streak. And then so after this long streak, they go on the road to Vanderbilt. They lose that thing ninety nine to ninety, and then they go on the road against uh, Auburn and they lose ninety one to ninety. But then they beat Mizzou at home eighty two to seventy eight. So, and and I've said all year there is no real, there's no like what we've seen out of Kentucky in the past. There's not one team in the SEC that's just so far above the rest. Let's look at the the conference standings right now. Surprise, surprise. Kentucky, 14-3 and conference record, 24-6 and overall record. Auburn, 11-5 and conference record. Remember how everyone was like, oh, I'm telling you, Ty, Auburn's by far the best team in the SEC. They're three games behind Kentucky at 11-5, and or two and a half games technically behind Kentucky. 24-5 and overall record. They're good. I'm not saying they're not. It's Bruce Pearl, of course. Uh, LSU, 11-5. and So they are right now technically your third best team in the SEC. That's who's coming to Fayetteville tonight. 20-9 and overall record. Uh, Florida, 10-6 and conference record, 18-11. Mississippi State, 10-7, and 19-11. So A&M's your next opponent for Arkansas after LSU. Um. Oh, yeah, by the way, Arkansas favored in this game 58%, according to the ESPN uh, Power Index. But so A&M is your next opponent after them, after LSU. And Texas A&M right now in standings, not great, but they're above Arkansas. They've got an 8-8 eight and eight record. They've kind of come around a little bit, 14-14 and 14 overall record. So they are 500 on their regular season record. Uh, A&M, we'll fast forward to them, and I'll talk about them next week, but just little heads up what they do well they don't do anything really great except defense they're, they're a top 50 defense in the country but they're bottom of the of the uh, of not just the conference but in, in all of college basketball they're ranked 411th 
at points per game at 62 points. They're near the back in, in rebounds. They don't, you know, they don't move the ball around too well. They're real low on assists. They're 400th in the country. But yeah, they're a top 50. They're 52nd overall uh, defense. That's pretty good. Again, top 50, top 100 in any any uh, stat is pretty impressive. So. Uh, yeah, Arkansas. We know they got help on the way. We know it's coming next year. They're going to have size. You're going to have Vanover. It's just, uh, it is what it is. There's not a lot you can do here. Arkansas, according to the ESPN Basketball Power Index, though, I believe is favored to win this thing. Yeah, Arkansas is favored right now at uh, at 71% to beat. So you're favored, according to the Basketball Power Index, to win out. But we all know how reliable that is. And that's with uh, a home team for, uh, for A&M. Moses Moody, Devontae Davis, Jalen Williams, K.K. Robinson. You've got those guys coming in next year. Connor Vanover will be eligible. Only Devontae Davis is signed, but I don't, you know, I've had people ask, how how well do you feel about Jalen, K.K., and Moody? Do they still sign? Yeah. I've not heard anything different. Moses Moody, who is, uh, according to ESPN, the highest rated prospect Arkansas have, that the Razorbacks have committed with a grade of 87. Devontae Davis, Jalen Williams, and K.K. Robinson are all at 82 on the grade. On the grading. On the ESPN grading system. Um, so, yeah. You've got those guys coming in. And uh, they're all four stars. They're all highly rated, I think, across the board. I don't think there's anywhere where they're not a four star. Could be wrong. I thought maybe K.K. or uh, Devontae might not be somewhere. Uh, all right, let's get into some recruiting news to close this bad boy out. How about Caden Salter? Four-star, dual-threat quarterback out of Texas, Cedar Hill, for this 2021 class. Uh, he was crystal balled. I had the screenshot sent to me. He was given a crystal ball yesterday by Danny West and Trey Biddy. To be a Razorback right now, and according to this screenshot, Baylor is still favored at 60%. That's just based on the prediction. That's just based on the crystal ball predictions. So only Danny West and Trey Biddy have him in right now as, as a Razorback. Uh, but he has some great offers. I think Ole Miss thought they were in really good shape for uh, Caden Salter. He is 6'1", 190 pounds, or 185 pounds. He's just shy of 6'2". Uh, he's basically everywhere. He's a top 250 player in the country. Uh, composite, the 24-7 composite, which is like all the sites combined, I guess, uh, is 244 in the country. N rank, 244 overall. He's a top 10 dual threat on the composite. He's a top 40 player in the, in the state of Texas. According to just 24-7 Sports, they like him as a top 100 prospect in the country and the number 4 dual threat being the number 12 player in the state of Texas. Again, his offers... There's a lot of them. He has 23 total, but Arkansas, Auburn, Baylor, Ole Miss, and South Carolina are among his favorites. Ole Miss, like I was saying a minute ago, really thought they had a real a good shot, and there were kind of rumors that he might be leaning towards Ole Miss, or at least just some people that I'd talked to in my circle. Uh, but it sounds like now with these two crystal ball predictions, I think a lot of people could argue that it, I don't see Trey Biddy and Danny West pulling the trigger on the same day unless something happened. I don't know if I'm ready to put him on commit watch just yet. I don't know if I'm there. I've not heard that, but I, I, I have, and they aren't the only two that feels this way, that Arkansas in, in a in a good place with Caden. But I'm not ready to put him on commit watch yet, but we'll have to wait and see. Chad Morris is actively recruiting him at Auburn, by the way, just FYI. 
Hey, if you want to go to Auburn and, you know, have 30% of the playbook installed by year two, Caden, just FYI, or any any prospect, I shouldn't say that. I sh- I'm not out here to badmouth Auburn. We know, or at least I believe, that what he did as an offense coordinator at Clemson was pretty special. And you can't blame any kid for wanting to, to be a part of to be a part of that. If that happens at Auburn, I don't know. I don't know. The jury's out. The jury's out here. We don't know if Kendall Bryles is is uh, you know just going to be all hype and, and no action. We don't know yet. But I like Kendall's resume. I'll say that much. Kendall Bryles has a pretty impressive resume. You take away that one year at Florida State, it's a really, really, really good resume. Hell, it is, it is still even without even with even with the Florida State year that wasn't on him. They had injuries and all sorts of shit happen. What do you expect? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like I like your odds here, Caden, in, in Arkansas happening. I think he could commit. Again, he's at Cedar Hill, Texas, 6'1", 185-pounder, and a unanimous four-star. I say unanimous. I haven't actually checked Rivals. I don't look at Rivals as much as I used to. But uh, I think he is there as well. But his composite, 24-7 composite, does have him as a four-star and the top ten dual-threat player in the country. Um, and that's really about all the recruiting news there is right now. We know there's some uh, visitors coming on campus soon. We know that the spring game, we've talked about this. That bad boy is going to be in Fayetteville. I'm so excited about that. I The plan is I will be there. I've said this on the Picture Network live show, and I've said it here. We're going to try and get everyone together if we can. I know people are going to bring their families. Maybe we can all sit in the same area. I think that'd be really fun. I think that'd be really cool. Get to meet some of you guys and uh, shake your hands. I know I'm going to get asked about a thousand questions, but um, I'm really excited to, to make that happen and meet some of you guys. I think that'll be really cool. Be really special. It's hard to miss me. I'm a big, tall, fat, hairy guy. It's really hard to miss uh, miss me. And I'm probably wearing a green shirt because everything I wear, everything I own is green. Uh, I've had that conversation with people before, like on Marco Polo, or if I FaceTime, if I FaceTime people, they're like, "You're always in a green shirt." I'm like, "Yeah, because I own like six. I'm too fat for my Cardinal and Razorback shirts, so you won't really see me wear those. It's just part of the, it's just part of it. Um, yeah, Arkansas right now, this 2021 class, your only commit is a tackle out of Arkansas. Um, I, it's it's going to come together, and and. This is just how it goes. Right now, you're ranked 50th in the country, 11th overall in the SEC, according to 24-7 Sports. But you've got one commit, Terry Wells, at a win, Arkansas, 6'4", 292. A lot of people believe that he, uh, he'll he get his bump. He'll get a bump, four-star bump across the board. Uh, Terry Wells, he did get a bump from 24-7. They got him as a four-star and a highly regarded four-star, by the way. Top 20, he's 26th overall tackle with a national ranking of 236, and they have him as the number one player in the state. That's 24-7. Their composite's a little bit different. Their national rank on the composite is 384. He's a top 35 offensive tackle, being the number two player in the state of Arkansas. So not a huge difference there. He does have offers from Arkansas State, Kansas uh, Miami University and North Texas. So that's your only commit so far. We'll have to the closer we get to the spring, we'll know more and more about you know what's going on with recruiting, you know, and what visitors are coming into town and just kind of where Arkansas stands on a lot of these kids. So we'll get that all figured out 
coming in and coming out of the spring. I'm so excited. I've said that time and time again, and I don't care. I'm going to keep saying I'm so excited for spring football. And, uh, and by the way, for those of you who don't know, I think the plan, I haven't actually heard anything about Razor Fest, but that's usually what they do before the spring game. They have Razor Fest. I don't think I've seen them market that anywhere. So I don't know because they switched from Little Rock to Fayetteville that maybe they're just not going to do it. Or, you know, because I've heard before Jeff Long, when he was the AD, talk about how the, how far ahead they planned that thing out. You know, it's a pretty big deal over there. Uh, it's all It all happens on the, the – it used to happen in the, the parking lot there, the north end zone, but I, I don't know what their plan is. I don't know. So keep a lookout for that on social media, but it's really fun. Razor Fest, it's for the kids. They'll have players you can you can get their autographs and and a uh, little meet and greet there. They usually have a live band. They've got bouncy houses and uh, you know arts and crafts, all sorts of stuff. It's a really cool thing to take your kids to. And uh, obviously, then after that, you get the scrimmage, the red white scrimmage. So, I, I and I I appreciate that they do that. I do, and and not just because it's open to the crowd, but like you can go. And just make a day of it, and just spend you spend a hell of a lot of time in Fayetteville, and just make a make a whole day, make a whole trip out of it. It's a lot of fun, and I appreciate that they do that. I hope they do the Razor Fest, but again, I haven't seen or read anything on 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 the Razor Fest happening. And, and uh, I'm I'm sure if they don't, it's not because they don't want to. It's because the late notice of not being able to to do this thing down in Little Rock. All right, that's gonna do it. Thank you guys so much. Remember to give me some star power on iTunes. I'd appreciate it. Love you guys. Whoopig Suey. Go Hawks.